Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, come through, so it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Well, it's been a while since the Packers have walked out of the Queen City with a victory going back till 1998. Packers pick up a win, hard-earned win, nothing easy about it. They defeat the Cincinnati Bengals 25-22 on an ulcer-inducing roller coaster of a day in Cincinnati. Packers come away with the win. Their winning streak is now four, and they sit with a record of 4-1 and one atop the NFC North Division. Welcome into Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. The 555 has been extended at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. That means up to five years, no interest, five months, no first payments, even up to 5% same-day order savings. For details, visit PellaWI.com. I'm Greg Matzik with you until 6 o'clock here on the Packers Radio Network. Happy to take your calls at 855-616-1620. And uh, he has now calmed down the heart rate is back to a sustainable rate it is wayne larvie joining us from cincinnati wayne the uh, the roller coaster ride I, I don't even know where you want to begin with this uh, you're looking for potential turning points and i thought maybe at the end of the half that 70 yard touchdown from joe burrow to jamar chase could have been a storyline in this game uh, but really it, it boils down to the kicking game for both teams uh, that that grabs headlines on a strange day in cincinnati yeah, it was very strange, Greg. I don't know how many kick, uh, kicks I've seen in one game clang off the uprights of the goalpost. At one point in the second half, it was like somebody put a plate of glass over the goalpost and nobody could make a field goal here. But um, in the end, Mason Crosby on his fourth try to win the game got it done. But, you know, it was so unusual to go to the possession chart and look at the Packers and, and three straight drives down the stretch in that ball game ended in missed field goals. So um, just a weird, weird game, but a hard fog game between two good football teams it appeared to me and uh, you know it's nice to see the Packers obviously come out on top in that one but uh, Mason Crosby what can you say about the mental capacity it takes as an athlete and as a person to after missing three uh, times to win the game on the fourth try and it wasn't a chip shot it was a 49 yarder uh, to get it done finally boy I tell you what uh, you know not many people could do that. I'm sorry. Not many people at all. And Wayne, you know, both kickers kind of struggled there. And Mason seemed to have success on the left hash. It's where he connected on all of his field goals today. Um, and, and, and the ball flight was so strange. It was just like it, like it would just take a dead left or a dead Like you just, there was nothing normal about the ball flights really for both kickers. And I, I was wondering if weather conditions were a little swirly inside the bowl. I, I'm not making excuses. I just noticed that both kickers had similar struggles. Yeah, and, you know, it seems like a lot of the struggles happen toward the south end zone, which is as we look at this ballpark to our right, um, you know, toward the Ohio River, okay, and Kentucky is just across the shore of the Ohio River. So I don't know, you know, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Now, we didn't have big winds, and there were light breezes, Greg. It was a beautiful day for the game. 
But, um, you know, I, I don't know on the floor of the stadium if, if uh, after I didn't hear his post-game press conference, if Mason said anything about uh, the way the wind was going down there. And it could have been different on the floor of the stadium. I don't know. But I know people are having trouble making field goals, uh, kicking at the goal to our right, which is the uh, south goal. Yeah, five missed field goals in the final two and a quarter minutes of the regular uh, regulation and then the first eight minutes of overtime sealed with Mason's 49-yarder. I thought maybe, just maybe, fourth and inches that Matt LaFleur might go for to try and get a little closer. But it also is worth pointing out here, Wayne, you know, the Packers enter this game with all sorts of issues on the offensive line. They have no MVS, so your deep threat is taken away uh, with the exception of Devontae Adams. No Jair Alexander against a, a pretty potent, albeit young, passing attack. No Vernon Scott as a, a depth sort of hybrid linebacker safety. And, and you're still, at the end of the day, looking at 22 points production. That That's a win for your defense, all things considered. I, I, I thought they did a pretty good job against the Bengals' passing attack. You know, i got to tell you, Greg, I felt the same way, and I felt the defense came to play, and you could see it and you could feel it in the first quarter, early on in that ball game. And, you know, again, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase hit some big plays, and they're going to do that, okay? They're just really good. That's the future. If you want to know what the future of Rodgers and Adams is, the future Adams-Rodgers to Adams combination is Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. Mark it down, folks. That's your future. That's what the NFL looks like in the next five to ten years. And so, you know, those guys made plays, but... I thought overall, this defense, I thought they were aggressive. They pressured on a consistent basis. I thought they were tough against the run. Um, no, I thought overall, I, you know, again, I don't know the, the yardage was over 300 yards, but I thought this defense put forth one of the best consistent uh, performances of the season so far against a very good offense, in my opinion. So the Bengals average about four and a half, well, a little under that, per carry uh, in, in amassing 103 yards on the ground. They only had five rushing attempts. I thought that was curious in the first half. Joe Burrow's day, 26 of 38 for 281. Keep in mind, we're talking about nearly five quarters of play here, not just a regulation game. And then the offensive line for the Packers, Wayne. No Bakhtiari, no Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers out. So, you know, the shuffling continues with Lucas Patrick in. But, you know, this unit seems to... It seems to be okay. Like just all things considered, I, I don't know how much more you can expect out of this group. It, it's it, it's not lightning. I mean, it's not a, it's not full of Pro Bowlers. It's full of new guys, primarily in different positions. But by and large, getting the job done here. Yeah, Aaron got sacked twice, but I thought for the most part he had decent time to throw. Um, he did have to scramble a little bit. He started to manufacture plays outside the pocket as, uh, you know, the protection would break down a little bit on him. I thought Cincinnati did a great job in the secondary of covering people. Devontae beat them on a couple of big routes, um, but that's going to happen. Um, I thought the offensive line held up pretty well in this game, and Aaron Jones was able to break off a big 57-yard run, so it makes the rushing game look a whole lot better when you consider the long run of the season prior to that run by uh, Aaron uh, Jones was a 25-yarder by Jamal Williams last week against Pittsburgh. Yeah, A.J. Dillon getting involved as well. Uh, had a receiving touchdown uh, early in this game, so a nice one-two punch here for the Packers with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I- I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Devondre Campbell, Wayne. It just it, it pops off the screen every time I watch. It's been a little while since the Packers have had a guy quite like this at the in- inside linebacker position. What do you see as you're watching him really throughout the course of this season now that we're beyond the quarter pole. 
Boy, he has really been a tremendous breath of fresh air for the middle of that Packers defense. He's doing it all right now, Greg. And you sit there and you say to yourself, you know, they kind of uh, acquired him rather quietly at the mini camp. I remember when he came in, and, you know, you kept saying, well, he started 16 games for Arizona last year, so why are they letting this guy go? Um, you wondered about that. And all we've seen from him is just steady progress and performance. I think he's been outstanding. He's been lights out. He's having a – in the first five weeks of the season, he's playing at a Pro Bowl level. Um, you can't ask any more of him. He's got great range, great length, a couple of interceptions. Um, he's just made one big hit after another, played tremendous again today. And, uh, you know, Greg, we haven't had a linebacker in the middle of this Packers defense, I dare say, since today, the halcyon days of Desmond Bishop, who was delivering blows back in 2009, 2010, 2011. Yeah, and the big difference is he wasn't going sideline to sideline in coverage, and that's uh, one area where I think Campbell is is really showing his value. I, I haven't had a chance to talk to you, Wayne, since the Packers signed Jalen Smith. I know he was not active today. How do you think he fits in to the defense coordinated by Joe Barry? What makes most sense in your mind? I don't really know, Greg. We were talking about this earlier today before the game. Um, I'm not sure. I, I think that Jalen Smith is a talent that I know the Green Bay people liked coming out. And, you know, he was available. It's not really costing the Packers anything. Uh, they can kick the tires on this guy, see if he has anything left. Certainly worth it uh, to do it. Uh, he might be able to bring something to the party. Um, you know, uh, when you look at Chris Barnes, I know they really love Chris Barnes, but Chris gets dinged up occasionally, as, as they all do, I guess. But maybe he's a hedge against an injury to Chris Barnes, that type of thing. Um, but, you know, hey, they feel like it's worth taking a chance on this guy, worth bringing him in. Um, if he has anything left in the tank, he could help. There's no doubt about that. And he's still a good football player. My, the people in Dallas that I know uh, tell me he's a good, not great player right now. Um, uh, Rick Geislin of the Dallas, former Dallas Morning News reporter and uh, Hall of Fame reporter, uh, if covers the Cowboys, lives in Dallas, uh, says that you know the only problem he's had, and you see it because of the knee injury he had uh, years ago, he struggles a little bit sometimes with angles, that type of thing. But we're getting real technical in the scouting end of it that I have, that's nothing that I'm qualified to even comment on, but um, just get a look at this kid, see what he can do, see if he has much left in the tank. If he has enough left in the tank, he could be a help this year, well, certainly pro- from a depth standpoint, if nothing else. Say, pro bowlers don't just fall off the tree. <laughs> he kind of fell off the tree here for the Packers. I mean, you've you got to take a look, right? Well, yeah, and Greg, the reason he fell off the tree was they've changed the defenses. Uh, I believe it's, uh, who's down there, the defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley, running that Seattle defense. You know where they, they want the trumped-up safeties who play linebacker, that speed dimension. Um, Jalen Smith's a bigger linebacker. He's more of a traditional linebacker. Um, so the defense changed. And the other thing was this, Jalen Smith's contract, now that he made the team and he was starting a couple of games for them, um, if he goes along this season and let's say he gets injured next week or so, um, the Cowboys would be on the hook, not just for this year's salary, but uh, automatically $9.2 million would guarantee for next year. So that's one of the major reasons why they cut him. Packers have won four straight, Wayne. They will travel to Chicago before a home game against Washington. Then it's off to Arizona and Kansas City. So three of the next four here on the road. Awfully nice to get a win. They're, it's certainly better than the alternative, and it, it gets a little dicey here in the next few weeks. By the end of November, I think we'll know a lot about this team. 
Yeah, we're finding out a lot about them. And we're finding out one thing. They're resilient, Greg. They know how to win. They know how to get it done. That big pass completion, Aaron Rodgers to you-know-who, Randall Cobb. Who else? And the only surprise to me on that play was that they didn't give him a first down. But uh, that did set up the game-winning field goal. Um, You know, just a lot of people on this team uh, that know how to win. You know, Rodgers, Devontae Adams, um, you know, Aaron Jones knows how to make big plays. Uh, Randall Cobb, uh, you know, we're seeing uh, Devondre Campbell on that defense. You've got know-how people. Adrian Amos had an interception today. Um, You've got people to know how to win. Kenny Clark is having one heck of a season. Um, This is an interesting team, this Packers team, as we knew it would be. Um, Didn't expect the start of the season the way they played down in Jacksonville. But we're seeing now that this is a very good football team, even with the injuries they have had. They're resourceful, and hopefully they'll get these guys that have been injured back before the season is over. And if they do, uh, down the stretch, this could be a real team to be reckoned with. An exhausting game. Fun game to listen to, Wayne. You deserve a beer after this one. I hope it's a nice cold one, and I appreciate you joining us here on the program. Only one? Greg, we went overtime. Come on. Well, it's a short flight, but hey, you do whatever you need to do. But enjoy. Travel safe, Wayne. We'll talk to you next week. All right, take care, Greg. You do the same. That's uh, the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey. You know, to Wayne's point, uh, being a resilient and resourceful team, the Packers are now 14-3 and in one-score games since 2019. The Bengals are 4-15-1 in similar situations. One team, one franchise, knows how to win. They've been doing a lot of it. Another team, certainly on the up-and-up in Cincinnati. It's been a while since they were terribly relevant and uh, starting to build something here with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. It's a very talented offense that the Packers ultimately held to 22 points in a 25-22 overtime win. Wow. One of many exhausting games on the day. Why don't we take a little spin around the NFL? Time for a look around the league. And it's presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Start in Minneapolis, shall we, with the 1-3 Vikings taking on the windless Lions. Just one TD scored in the first half. Here's how it went down. Madison to the right of Kirk. He goes back. No significant pass rush. Pass over the middle to Madison. Caught at the 10. Spins off the line at the 5. Runs to the 2. To the 1. Touchdown! Alexander Madison. Paul Allen with the call. Vikings Radio Network. The Lions actually took a 17-16 lead with a touchdown and two-point conversion with 37 seconds left. Well, the Vikings quickly moved into position for a 54-yard field goal attempt off the leg of Greg Joseph. That kick was good. Vikings pick up the win, 17-16. In the nation's capital, explosive plays and a little luck fueled the Saints' offense. Hail Mary answered. Out of the shotgun is Jameis. Takes the snap. Now he's going to run up the pocket, climbing. Now he's going to throw it deep into the end zone. It's going to be a jump ball. Marquez Callaway is there, and I think he's got it. It looks like Marquez Callaway came down with a jump ball. New Orleans Callaway, touchdown. On the final play of the first half, it was a punt thrown by Jameis Winston that found the arms of Marquez Callaway. Saints Radio Network with the call. They would also score on a 72-yard pass play and defeat Washington 33-22. Remember the struggles of the Steelers' offense last week at Lambeau? Well, much better today at home against the Denver Broncos. Awaiting the shotgun snap. There it is. Third and seven. Throws it long down the right sideline. Claypool. No, Deontay Johnson has it. And he steps inside the five and into the end zone for the Steelers' touchdown. A 50-yard bomb. Roethlisberger to Johnson, the third-year man from Toledo. Steelers Radio Network with the call. 122 yards and a rushing score for Steelers running back Najee Harris. 
Pittsburgh improves to two and three with a 27-19 win. Elsewhere around the league, it was the Patriots edging the Texans 25-22. Three rushing scores for Derrick Henry as the Titans hammer the Jaguars 37-19. A back-and-forth game in Carolina. The Eagles prevail 21-18. Jalen Hurts with a rushing touchdown on the day. It was Tom Brady throwing five touchdown passes as the Buccaneers hammer the Dolphins 45-17. Atlanta in London. Outlasts the Jets 27 to 20. Matt Ryan 33 of 45, 342 yards and two touchdowns passing in the win. And a handful of late games underway. The Cardinals with an early 7 nothing lead over the 49ers. Cowboys up 10 nothing on the Giants who are driving in the second quarter. Chargers and Browns maybe the game of the day. 13-10 in the second. Chargers have the lead and the Bears have a 7-3 lead over the Raiders in Las Vegas. Andy Dalton into the game for an injured Justin Fields. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Motion by the tight end sample to the wing of the right side. Burrow's in the shotgun, second and ten. Green Bay 42, Burrow off play action. Under pressure. He's had set. Oh, what a rush that time by the inside linebacker, Chris Barnes. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. Welcome back into Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Greg Matzik with you until 6 o'clock, and we'll take your calls here at 855-616-1620. The highlights you heard there, the Chris Barnes sack. You know, I know it was early in the first quarter, but it, it was a sign of things to come. Not, not the relentless pressure on Joe Burrow, but... Just a sign that the defense was going to play a physical brand. And if you consider the uh, the circumstances that led to the Bengals even having the ball, it, it makes the defensive stand, I think, even more impressive. The Packers' drive, which looked promising, their first opportunity with the ball, ended with a punt. It was a, a third and seven, incomplete pass from Aaron Rodgers. They kicked the ball back to Cincinnati. Cincinnati did nothing with it. It was a, a three and out for the Bengals to start the game. All right, Aaron and the Packers take over again at the 38-yard line. Well, the second play on that drive resulted in an interception. So now the Bengals have the ball on the 42-yard line. Pretty good position, shortened field. They can make something out of that, surely, with that potent offense, right? Pass number one was tipped, fell incomplete. Play number two was that sack that you heard from Chris Barnes. So he came off a blitz, just powered through uh, the, the line for the Bengals and, and pulled Burrow to the ground for a loss of eight. So now you're looking at a third and 18, and a, a nine-yard pass play is insignificant, and the Bengals are forced to punt. So adversity defense, it, you saw it right away in this game and several times throughout. Uh, there were some big plays, don't get me wrong, and what happened before the end of the half is inexcusable with six defensive backs on the field to give up a 70-yard touchdown. I mean, that's how defensive coordinators just vomit. But the early adversity defense from the Packers, I thought it was on display today, and it felt to me like they controlled the line of scrimmage. And even rushing just four, they were able to get adequate pressure on Joe Burrow and, and collapse that pocket at times. So a uh, pretty solid effort here. Now you're talking about you know three weeks, three weeks out of five, in which the Packers' defense has held the opposition to 22 points or less. And consider today's game was, you know, bonus football. So nearly five quarters of football played today in Cincinnati. Point production is what it's all about. Not about yards, point production, turnovers. Those are the kinds of things uh, that really, I think, speaks to a defense's acumen. And this is without Zadarius Smith and without 
Jair Alexander. So promising signs, I think, ultimately. 855-616-1620. Let's begin with Ben in Appleton. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Ben. Hi, how are you doing? All right, Ben, what you got? Well, um, going off of what you said on the defense, um, a lot of the offense's tendencies is to try and get our defense out of position, and I really felt the defense did a great job of staying home today and actually closing down the edge because that's what the Bengals were really looking to do was just close – well, I mean, open things up, and the defense really did a great job of not letting that happen. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the tackling was pretty sharp today, too, Ben. There were a couple of misses. I think Eric Stokes missed up on the sidelines. It resulted in a longer gain. But by and large, it felt like if there were six yards to gain and a member of the Bengals caught the ball after about the four-yard mark, he was going down about the four-yard mark. There was a lot of that today, I felt. so, And maybe some of those third and shorts were converted. But they weren't converted into first downs on second down. They were converted on a third down. So, Ben, but don't break. I don't think that gives the defense enough credit. I don't think that's the right term to use today. I look at five and a half yards per play for the Bengals. That is a manageable number. Again, five quarters of football, and you're talking about fewer than 400 yards allowed. But really, it's all about the points. And I know there were some missed opportunities here. Uh, but the Bengals scored a touchdown on the first, a touchdown on the second, and a touchdown, a two-point conversion in the fourth. That was it. That's manageable. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate the phone call, Ben. Appreciate you joining in here on Packers OT. It's impressive to me. Overall, just again, all things considered, you got to put it all into consideration here. Without Jair Alexander, you knew that Eric Stokes and Kevin King were going to get picked on a little bit, and it was Stokes and Jamar Chase. And they go back to the SEC with LSU and Georgia. They understand each other a little bit. And Stokes made some great plays. Jamar Chase made some great plays. Guess what? They're both going to be in the league a long time doing the stuff you saw today. I, but really, I thought that you know you didn't hear Kevin King's name all that much. I thought he was solid, but ultimately he was forced to leave the game due to injury. So now you're going to Isaac Yadam, and you're seeing a, a rookie who I don't think is is really ready for the primetime lights, and that's Jamar Jean Charles. So he was on the field at times today. Uh, got shook out of his shoes a little bit on the Joe Mixon touchdown run. But so you're going from, you know, your first wave of depth down to your second and third waves of depth in the secondary uh, against a pretty good passing attack. So a lot of things to like, I think, overall. There are plenty of head-scratching moments in today's game. Don't get me wrong. We'll get through it all here, I promise you, as we continue with the program. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We'd love to hear from you at 855-616-1620. This is the Packers Radio Network. And here's the snap to the quarterback Burrow under a blitz. And as he throws it down the right side, Chase out there is broken up by Stokes. Incomplete across the five-yard line. What a recovery by Stokes. And the blitz got to the quarterback as Joe Burrow let that go. Yeah, it's the secondary's best friend, a good pass rush, and you saw it on that play, Joe Burrow slightly underthrowing Jamar Chase, who was in the end zone. I wouldn't say he was open terribly, but uh, maybe if there's a little bit more juice on that ball, Eric Stokes actually picks it off. He was in fine position. Chase had his day, right? Over 150 yards passing, uh, or receiving, I should say, a 70-yard touchdown uh, in which he just I, he beat six defensive backs and got behind them somehow. That is an inexcusable play for the Packers' defense and and almost a game-changing play. And it really did change the complexion of the game happening just before the end of the first half. But ultimately, Packers able to hang on here in overtime with Mason Crosby's 49-yard field goal. 
Welcome back in. It's Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, let's go out to California. It's William joining us in Packers OT. Hi, William. Hi, Greg. Uh, great job with your show. Hey, listen, the game was ultra exciting, uh, but gr- I think you just touched on it. Green Bay left some points out there, and I think they need to start working a little more on their first and second down calls which puts them in third and long, and then, as you saw, it turned into uh, field goal situations. So I think that gave me trouble uh, watching that, you know, leaving points out there. And then secondly, you got to stick with Mason. He's a a gold winner. He's going to come through at at the end of the day. He's, He's your guy. William, when it was fourth and inches in overtime, what are you saying to yourself? You got to go for it here, or bring out the kicker for a forty-nine yard field goal? You know, I can't answer that. That's too. That's almost too tough to answer. I, I had a feeling that they should have snuck it. I know uh, Swafford said that on the blog, but uh, I, it's a tough call. It's. I'm so glad that Matt Lafleur. You, you got to go with your stars. You got to go with Mason that's won so many games for you and get his psyche back. So that's probably the best answer. Yeah, appreciate it, William. I'm screaming at the TV. Sneak it. Run it. Just take the ball and dive your head forward and try and get a little bit closer. Uh, Mason was set up on the hash mark where he did make his field goals from. That was the left hash. He kind of hit a high draw out to the right upright and he was able to curve three of them in ultimately the game winner but at 49 yards after the misses he had i including you know one in overtime and two in the final what two and a half minutes of the game like that's just i don't know what's going through your mind at that point he is the packers all-time leading scorer for a reason but 49 yards and clearly something was going on right because both kickers were missing i don't know how the wind was swirling but clearly the action on the ball was strange today that was my view of it i don't think these are all miss hits uh, in fact, I think the 51-yarder Mason hit looked pretty good. Uh, it was just right next to the upright. Uh, same with the Bengals kicker on his uh, field goal attempt in overtime. So there were some near misses. There were some rather significant misses. All told, five missed field goals. Five missed field goals in the final two minutes and 20 seconds of regulation and the first roughly eight minutes of overtime. That is bonkers. You will not see that often in an NFL game. John is next up in Windsor. You're on Packers OT. Greetings, John. Yes, Greg. Uh, I agree with you on going for for fourth and inches with a sneak and get get a first down, better field position. Uh, a couple of quick things um, in regard to today's game. You've all heard of the the movie The Shawshank Redemption. In regard to Mason Crosby, the name of this game, I believe, would be the Left Shank Redemption. And uh, the other with a long late in the game, the fifty yard pass from Aaron to Devontae Adams, and it ended up being first and goal at around the seven. And I have no idea why. They they run it, run it. They weren't running well all game long except for one long run. Throw it to a guy in the flat. You know, once in three times or maybe twice, they would score statistically, but they didn't do that. And I'm just... I'd like your opinion about the play calling of that. Yeah, you know, red zone offense wasn't really an issue in the first half. They scored in both their opportunities. But, you know, the second half, it was a mixed bag here. In fact, 
I don't know how mixed the bag is. It just didn't go terribly well. So the, the second half opportunities, uh, and, and one of these drives started at the 29, and then it, it inched forward, so you're, you're kind of on the fringe of the red zone, if you will. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I think it's worth pointing out, because there's a pattern here. So at the 29-yard line, this is the first drive, first Packers drive in the second half. So this is after, let's see, it was a fourth and two. The Bengals got called for holding. Um, ultimately, it just got back into the Packers' hands after an interception by Adrian Amos. So Packers ended up with a field goal. But consider this. 29-yard line, it was first and 10. They went backwards with A.J. Dillon. It was a, a negative one-yard run. He had a decent day. He was involved. Uh, the next play was a pass to A.J. Dillon, but it was just a two-yard gain, leaving a third and nine. I think uh, Aaron hit Devontae on a crossing route just for two yards, so it was a 44-yard uh, field goal attempt by Mason Crosby. So here's the takeaway. They ran it on first down, first and 10, at the 29. So not in the red zone, but pretty close to the red zone, and they were knocking on the door in a position to get points. Their next opportunity in the red zone, at the six-yard line, this is after the roughly 60-yard pass play to Devontae Adams. It was a one-yard run from A.J. Dillon, and then it was a two-yard run from A.J. Dillon that set up a third and goal from the three. Incomplete pass to Randall Cobb. They had to settle for a field goal, another short field goal. There were a, a number of opportunities here where it just seemed like we're doing the same thing. So third opportunity in the red zone at the 18-yard line. It was a run, it was a throwaway, and then an incomplete pass on third and 10. Mason misses a 36-yard field goal. So it was run, run, run on first and 10 from either inside the red zone or very close to the red zone. And it was, it was sort of a setback. And then in overtime, this is the biggest question I had. Maybe the biggest question I had in the entire game today about a decision. This is after the Devondre Campbell interception in overtime. So the Packers are in business, man. It's at the 17-yard line. Here we go. Set up to win the game. Next score wins. Backwards with Aaron Jones on first and 10. Backwards with Aaron Jones, a four-yard loss on second and 11. So now you're looking at third and 15. So you've taken the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. You've taken a 35-yard field goal and made it a 40-yard field goal for Mason Crosby, who is struggling all day. And he ultimately misses that field goal, giving Cincinnati another opportunity. I guess I just don't know why you take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands in that situation. Not that he was lighting it up, but I, he's what was working. He and Devontae Adams were working. The run game was just okay. I, and, and really even hard to say okay, given a beat-up offensive line. I get it. It's not going to be easy to move the ball on the ground. You're talking about a, a totally mixed and matched offensive line. But that was head-scratching to me. Five yards in the reverse. After a first and 10 from the 17, it resulted in a 40-yard field goal that was missed by Mason Crosby. So just 2 of 5 in the red zone for the Packers today. That's not good enough. And uh, the Packers' defense, meanwhile, allows two touchdowns in two opportunities to the Bengals. So for the season, the Packers have allowed 13 straight red zone touchdowns. When teams are getting into the red zone, they are scoring touchdowns against the Packers. It's the one thing that I look at as glaring right now. Overall point production... Hey, 22 points allowed, you're going to win a lot of games if you've got Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. But 13 straight touchdowns scored for opposing teams once they enter the red zone. That's a stat you got to get turned around. you got to stop the bleeding there. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, we'd love to hear from you. Entertaining, exhausting type game in Cincinnati, a place the Packers have not won since 1998. They get the win today, 25-22 in overtime.
Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Snap, Rodgers looking left. Swings it out left side, Dylan to the five, turns up field to the pylon, and he's in for the score. Touchdown, A.J. Dillon, 12-yard touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. They beat Von Bell, and the Packers within an extra point of time the game. For every touchdown scored by the Packers this season, Sargento donates $2,000 to help fight hunger through its Touchdowns for Hunger program. Shared by Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Two touchdowns today for the Packers. Kind of a a weird score here. You get to 25, just two touchdowns. But nonetheless, a $4,000 donation to Touchdowns for Hunger to feed families in Wisconsin. Really good stuff. Sargento will continue to donate $2,000 per touchdown to Touchdowns for Hunger throughout the season. Benefiting Hunger Task Force of Milwaukee and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Greg Matzik with you until 6 o'clock, 855-616-1620, if you'd like to join us. Yeah, another nice day for A.J. Dillon. So he's starting to get a lather. I think that's the appropriate word. I think it's the official word for what A.J. Dillon has done. You go back to uh, last week's game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, typically a, a salty outfit to try and run the ball against. And it was A.J. Dillon earning some tough yards. He had 15 carries in that game, 81 yards. Uh, just missed a touchdown, uh, was uh, mildly involved in the passing game, a reception for 16 yards. So if follow that performance up, and he had not received that many touches in a game all season. 16 touches was a season high for A.J. Dillon. It happened last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then again today, he was heavily involved. And, and you're starting to see the complimentary power of A.J. Dillon. We saw it on occasion last year. I guess the the game against Tennessee really stands out to me as a a primetime performance and a hint of what could be for A.J. Dillon. But you dive into the box score a little bit more here and you realize, okay, Dillon didn't have as many touches as Aaron Jones, but uh, he was was fairly productive in the passing game with, you know, four catches, 49 yards, and that touchdown, those are great numbers for A.J. Dillon. Also had eight carries for 30 yards. So, you're looking at 12 touches there, so it, maybe that's the new norm now. You know, 12 to 15, and you're looking more of 15 to 20-ish for Aaron Jones. I think that's reasonable, as the value for both, I think, was on display. Aaron Jones, home run hitting capability, a 57-yard run that helped flip the field and put the Packers in fine position with a field goal opportunity. Then you had, of course, A.J. Dillon more just kind of trucking his way to his yards, but effective in the passing game where maybe you sort of lose track of the guy. Uh, and why not? You've got Devontae Adams to worry about. When Jones is on the field, he might be the second-best receiver on the team. Dylan sort of gets lost in the shuffle as a receiver, but very effective today in the Packers' 25-22 to win. 855-616-1620. Who wants to join us? Here we go. It's Ken in Green Bay. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Ken. Hey, Greg. So you have a good point. Uh, some of these younger guys, they're, they're doing awesome, and I, lo- I love to keep seeing that. Uh, my concern, uh, and I, I hate to be the one that brings this up, uh, is guys like Aaron Rodgers, three interceptions now um, this season. Last year he had five total. Um, is that anything that we should be concerned about? I mean, his passer ratings have been kind of mediocre, 102 this week. I think he had like 95 last week. Um something we should be concerned about or what's your feeling on that yeah i mean i guess i'll look at the end result and, and note that the packers have won four in a row ken i guess that's my first thought uh, you know the interception today uh 
I mean, how many times have we seen Aaron Rodgers and Devontae hook up on that pass? It, I, I don't know if Devontae slipped, but it, it's like he couldn't get his body around to what appeared to be a, a back shoulder opportunity. You know, where he's running on the sidelines. You know, the defensive back is is stride for stride, and in this case, uh, ahead of Adams. But then Adams stops and pivots back to the sideline and catches a ball, and it, it's just indefensible. So I, I don't know if that was just slightly off the throw from Aaron Rodgers, but it sort of found the breadbasket of the defensive back as Adams was not able to, to pivot around and, and pull that ball away. So I have a lot of confidence in that throw and that play and the execution of it because I've seen it so many times. And certainly Adams' numbers today were just spectacular. Uh, but I, I guess what I look at more is just how open are receivers? Uh, is Aaron being forced to fit the ball into super tight windows or are guys more or less in space with uh, an opportunity to make a play. And it's it's a mixed bag of that, I think, so far this year. So you'd like to see that steady, and maybe with a fully functional offensive line at will. Uh, but the numbers don't, no. I, three interceptions, considering how much of a dumpster fire that game one against New Orleans was, yeah, hopefully we can look back at that and say it was an extension of the preseason. Uh, I'm not worried. Uh, he rebounded fine today, had a fine day passing the football uh, with... You know, one legit number one receiver, and then what would you say Randall Cobb is? Kind of a, a three? What is Lazard? A three, but more of a blocking guy, right? No MVS today, so your deep threat is primarily taken away. Uh, he, too, is working with a, a group that's been hit by injuries, so making the best out of who's available and who's ready to play. Uh, that can be said for the entire Packers team today. 25-22, the Packers get a win after Mason Crosby connects on a 49-yard field goal. Boy, what an up-and-down day for Crosby. He made four of seven field goals. He also missed an extra point in a three-point overtime win. You can't make this stuff up. But it's a win. It's a win. Counts all the same, and I'm sure it's a satisfying flight home. No doubt about that. How about a look around the league? A pretty crazy day in the NFL as has come to be the norm. Well, there's nothing normal about how these games are playing out. How about a look around the league? A look around the league is presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Battle of Florida teams this afternoon in Tampa. The Buccaneers taking on the Dolphins. Tom Brady on fire. Three first-half touchdowns, two of which found the hands of Antonio Brown. Evans moves to the slot. Brady drops. Pressure coming. Gets the pass. Oh, boy. Caught ball. 50. Out of foot race to the 40. It's at Antonio Brown to the 20. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Antonio Brown takes it to the north end zone. Fire the cannons. Fire the cannons is right. Buccaneers Radio Network with the call. Brady would finish with 411 yards, passing, and five touchdowns. Tampa Bay rolls 45-17. Let's stay in Florida, shall we? In Jacksonville, the winless Jaguars taking on the Tennessee Titans. Stop me if you've heard this before. Derrick Henry with a crazy day. Tannehill gets the Titans on the ball. Gives Henry at right guard to the five to the end zone. He lost the ball as he got into the end zone, but that doesn't count. The play is dead. <laughs> Touchdown, Titans! Derrick A familiar call on the Titans radio network. 29 carries, 130 yards, and three touchdowns for the Titans all-pro back. Tennessee wins 37-19. The Jaguars remain winless. Washington and New Orleans from the nation's capital. Jameis Winston went all week one against the football team. 37 from the 28. Back to pass is Jameis. He's looking deep. He's got Deontay wide open. Deontay Harris makes the catch. He's going to 5, 10, 
See you later. Bye, Deontay Harris. Touchdown. No flags on the play. 72 yards. Saints Radio Network with the call. Winston would also connect on a Hail Mary with Marquez Callaway to end the half. Four touchdown passes on the day for Winston as New Orleans picks up a 33-22 win. The Saints are now 3-2. and two. Elsewhere around the league, let's get you caught up on the late games. Bears lead the Raiders as they just begin the second half in Las Vegas, 14-3. Justin Fields in and out with a various assortment of injuries. Andy Dalton has seen some time in this game. Derek Carr, 9 of 15, 107 yards passing through the first half. Entertaining game. It's starting to tilt here a little bit. The Browns with a big lead over the Chargers, 27-13, a 17-point second quarter for Cleveland. Cowboys over the Giants, 17-10. They are at halftime in Big D. Cardinals, end of the second half, and end of the second quarter, I should say, lead the 49ers by a score of 10 to nothing. Football for breakfast today in London. It was the Falcons over the Jets, 27-20. The Vikings with a last-second field goal eclipsed the Lions, 19-17. It was the Steelers over the Broncos, 27-19. Chase Claypool, five receptions for 130 yards and a touchdown in the win. Eagles sneak by the Carolina Panthers to improve to 2-3, 21-18 the final. It was the Patriots edging the Texans, 25-22. Monday Night Football, you've got the Colts in Baltimore against the Ravens. Should be a great one tonight. Sunday Night Football from Kansas City with the Bills taking on the Chiefs. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. 44-yard field goal attempt off the left hash mark. Mason Crosby, snap and placement. Kick by Crosby to the uprights, and it is right down the boulevard. It is good. 25 consecutive field goals made by Mason Crosby, and on the 44-yard field goal, Crosby gives Green Bay a 9-7 lead over Cincinnati. Mason would have run that streak up to 26 before it was snapped. What an interesting day for Crosby. Four, four of seven? Four of seven in field goal attempts. That's like two months' worth of action. Four of seven today in Cincinnati. But the one that counted was a 49-yarder that went through the uprights. And a reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. So six field goals coming into today, four more. Let's talk about a total $10,000 donation uh, this season, $4,000 of which came today in Cincinnati in the Packers' 25-22 win. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, 855-616-1620. Let's chat with Ed in New York. Thanks for holding, Ed. You're on Packers OT. Okay, thank you, Greg. How are you? Doing great, Ed. What you got today? Okay, great. I got, I got well, first of all, I want to thank you and everybody else in the Packer organization for what you do. Okay? Happy to do it. Thank especially you. Especially a guy from New York who has doesn't have Packers fans around. I had a, uh, a Heidi situation today. I was watching the game on the um, on TV on Fox and listening to you guys too, obviously. And they were going to go for the field goal, and they never came back on. They went straight to the giant game. Oh, jeez. Oh, so are you talking like four, so fourth and inches, right? The Packers call a timeout. No, and... I'm talking. I'm, yeah, I'm talking about the field goal. They were going to go for the field goal, and that was oh, it. Oh no. <laughs> Ed, you just got to just got to move to the Midwest, Ed. You, you got to just you know, leave your roots. Get over here. Yes, yeah, someday I'll, I'll go to Packerland. But quick question: that I asked you with the uh, with the field goal. Did when he put it through the uprights, was it through more 
towards the right hand side as opposed to the left. Yeah. So his three makes today, I, I noted this. It, it the first field goal he made looked like a a high draw you'd hit with an eight iron, right? I mean, it just it, it curled up from the left hash uh, up toward the right goal post, and then it sort of steadied and, and went through. To me, I thought he missed it, uh, but it came back right. in. His kicks from the left hash were nearly identical, and that's seemingly right. where he was most comfortable today. Um, yeah. I, in, in all of his makes, I think, came from the same spot. Right, because I was putting in my mind, I'm wondering what's in his mind, whether he wanted to make an adjustment or not, because even the uh, Cincinnati field goals were the same way. They drifted to the left. Yeah. Now, I'm not a guy that can kick, but I'm saying to myself, well, maybe if I can kick the ball a little bit more to the right of the goal, goal post, then maybe it'll drift to the left in and over. I, I thought the the ball flights on all the kicks that were missed, uh, with the exception of maybe one, were a little odd to me. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't there. I don't know how the winds were swirling yet. I, I really don't know. Uh, and I appreciate the phone call from New York. I'd love to hear from you. I, it, was, it was a very strange day for a very good kicker. Now, we've seen that before, and th- this is not Detroit. I mean, that was a climate-controlled situation, and we've seen misses like that that make you scratch your head. Uh, it was a very strange day. But I, I thought it was very interesting. Matt LaFleur said it toward the end of the radio network broadcast uh, from Cincinnati with Larry. It's fourth and inches. And I'm standing up in the studio saying, you got to go for it. You just have to go for it here. Pick up an inch, give yourself a new lease on life. I mean, if it's fourth and three, fourth and four, maybe you got to kick that field goal. But if fourth and inches, hey, go for it. Try and take the pressure off a kicker, and, and maybe just so you don't have to make it a 49-yarder. But to Mason's credit, he wanted it. He wanted the opportunity. And uh, Matt LaFleur said he wanted that chance, and he got it, and he connected. And the Packers are now 4-1. and one. Pretty amazing stuff. Got to be a satisfying flight home from Cincinnati. Very beat up were the Packers going into today's game against uh, an offense that is on the come here in the NFL. No doubt there is some potency in Cincinnati, yet they're held to 22 points on their home field. Really solid win here for the Green Bay Packers. Doesn't have to be pretty as long as it's a W. One hour down, one to go here on the Packers Radio Network. We will be back and uh, take more of your phone calls. We'll dip into the locker room as well, hear from some of the players following today's game. 25-22 in overtime. Green Bay now 4-1 and one on the season. We are back right after this on the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, come through. So there's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one play, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Well, Cincinnati has been a house of horrors for the Packers. They haven't won since 1998. That all changed today with a 25-22 overtime win over the upstart Bengals. Welcome back in at Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. The 555 has been extended at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. That means up to five years, no interest, five months, no payments, even up to 5% same-day order savings. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Greg Matzik with you until 6 o'clock. 
And we'll take your phone calls here. Got an open line for you at 855-616-1620. Before we get back to those calls and dip inside the locker room, let's step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers Radio Network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin helps keep you upright on game day and every day. There is a difference. Yeah, crazy day. It boiled down to a Mason Crosby field goal attempt from 49 yards in overtime with about two minutes left. That kick was good, despite Crosby missing one earlier in the overtime and missing two in the final roughly two minutes of regulation. And this game could have been over. At the end of regulation, it was not. The Bengals certainly had their chances as well. A wild day, but it results in a Packers win in overtime. 855-616-1620. John is in Milwaukee. Joining us next in Packers OT. Hi, John. Hi, thanks for taking my call. What a fantastic game. I don't think my stomach can take any more. That's pretty crazy stuff, man. I mean, The win over San Francisco, that was kind of a hard stopper today. I I like no drama. I like no drama. We, right. we haven't gotten much of it. All right. So my question is, um, I want to talk about Devondre Campbell a little bit. I think he's just been a fantastic pickup for us. And so my question is, because um, we got him so, just before camp started, what was the knock on him that he lasted so long in free agency that we were so lucky to get him? I don't really know, John. And it's always amazing to see a player just step into a, a role like he has. Now, keep this in mind. I mean, in the Packers' scheme, defensive scheme, Linebackers make a lot of tackles, and that was never really the issue with, you know, A.J. Hawk, Blake Martinez. It just seems like they've always made a lot of tackles, given the way they are in the front line. But I, I don't think we're used to seeing this much production and side-to-side coverage, sideline-to-sideline, um, and, 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 and impactful plays, right? It's one thing to make a tackle. It's another thing to intercept a pass at a crucial moment. We're seeing more of that than, I, I don't know, I don't know when the last time we've seen that level of impact uh, in, 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 a, in a burst of games like this. Right, and his ability to cover tight ends coming out of, you know, that, that's, that's helped so beneficial that we can maybe play safeties and double them up on, on a key receiver. So, yeah, just a great win, and I think he's just been a fantastic pickup. So thanks for taking my phone call, and uh, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your show. Yeah, appreciate it. You know, he's not been used in, in – you know, blitz packages all, all that much just yet. No sacks. He's not really getting to the quarterback. That's not really how he's being used at this point, at least not yet. Uh, you, you might see more Chris Barnes in on those running downs, but Devondre Campbell, when he's on the field in an obvious passing situation uh, or just when the Packers go nickel, whatever they decide to do, he's got two picks, and he's been a bit of a tackling machine, and he's still relatively young, uh, a fourth-round pick out of Minnesota in 2016, and he's been durable. And I don't know if it was just a numbers game in Arizona that, you know, just not being able to play all that much and sort of a limited snap count made him available to the Packers. Maybe it was like an Al Harris situation. Remember that? He was the nickelback in Philadelphia, and they had studs on the left side and right side at corner, and he was never going to penetrate that. So he became available to the Packers in free agency, and that was a Packers Hall of Famer. So it's, you know, the marriage of talent and opportunity uh, here with Devondre Campbell, but he has certainly been a difference maker here for the Packers, no doubt about it. Uh, it was a bit of a gift-wrapped interception today. Uh, don't get me wrong, I don't know what Joe Burrow was thinking. I mean, he threw it right into the hands of Devondre Campbell, but you got to make the play, and he did, and it set up the Packers with a shot to win the game early in overtime. Of course, that opportunity was squandered, and the Packers had to win the game later in overtime. But yes, right now it's you know Newcomer of the Year award, Hard not to give it to a guy like Devondre Campbell. He's been outstanding. 
Barry joins us next in California. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Barry. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, a very exhausting game. I lost 10 pounds of pacing, and I think I lost my voice all in the same moment. But I was really happy with the fact that they won it, though I was – some of the play calling just kind of threw me a little for a loop um, just in terms of, you know, making some really big gains and then all of a sudden kind of not connecting on certain plays, which kind of disturbed me a little bit. I know we're still a work in progress. Uh, but, again, you know, we did pull out the victory. Very impressed with the way the defense played for the most part with all the people that we were missing today and with Kevin King starting – who, for the most part, I thought played a pretty decent game. Um, I thought that it was a very, very good character-building victory. Again, next week we end up playing the Bears in Chicago. Then we play the Redskins at home, and then we've got a couple of really tough stretch games. My question to you was, I don't know if you felt the same way. I thought they should have went for uh, the field goal in fourth and one. I think you have to get Mason back out there. I think it was a very wise call. I was kind of surprised that on third and 15, they decided to go for the field goal uh, as compared to maybe making one more play. Uh, I'll ask for your comments or take them off the air. And, hey, a victory is a victory. We're forward one. Thanks so much, Greg. Yeah, appreciate it. So, yeah, third and 15, th- this is on the first overtime possession. This was an interesting sequence because this, this is after the Campbell interception. Now, the Packers are in business, man. It's a first and 10 at the 17-yard line. You're knocking on the door. Don't get too cute. Protect the football. And there you go, kick a field goal and get out of there with a win. I'm sure that's what's going through Matt LaFleur's mind at that time. But the Packers went backwards, five yards. I mean, it wasn't even, you know, plunge forward for two, plunge forward for one, and it's a third and seven, and hey, just see what happens. But let's get this field goal from 35 yards down to 32 yards. No, they went backwards five yards. So that was perplexing to me because you're not worried about running the clock. I mean, next score wins. All you have to do is protect the football, get yourself to a good spot on the field, and kick a field goal if you want to. You can take a shot, right? You trust Aaron Rodgers, I think, enough to you know, dial up a safe pass. Uh, there was some pressure on Rodgers today, but it wasn't to the point where, certainly on a first and 10 or a second and 11, that you, you can't dial up something in the flat or something safe. So you, you took the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands there, and the net result is going from a 35-yard field goal to a 40-yard field goal, attempting that field goal on third down, so not even a shot to you know, get a little tighter. Uh, it was a little perplexing to me, especially given Crosby's day. Uh, you took the ball out of Aaron's hands on two downs, and then really, I guess, the same on third with the opportunity to kick a field goal instead of you know, giving it to Aaron on a third and 15. And, and that's an obvious passing down. I get it. I suppose he could have controlled it with the run. Maybe Matt LaFleur didn't want to go backwards any further. I really don't know. That that was a perplexing sequence after what appeared to be a game-changing play from Devondre Campbell. And I guess in the end of the day, it still was, as the Packers earned the win. But you're set up for success, man. Right? You make the play, you pick off Joe Burrow, you're at the 17-yard line. Let's go home. And it took another drive for the Packers to ultimately make that statement a reality. Get out of there with a win. Ultimately, they were able to do it. Uh, Harry joins us next from Kenosha. Appreciate you holding, Harry. You're on Packers OT. Reality. Get out of there with a win. Ultimately, Got to turn your radio down, Harry. I appreciate you listening, though. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering, you know, through the season, you know, Aaron Rodgers going to Devontae Adams, which is Devontae Adams' the best receiver in the league. When's he going to start turning Lazard, Tunyon? You know, I know he goes to Aaron Rodgers all the time, but 
he's going uh, Adams is going to be shut down or going to get injured this year. What, what is your opinion on that? Yeah, I, it, it caught up to the Packers last year in the NFC Championship game, Harry. It, it felt to me like there was there was a plan to take Devontae Adams out, and it was all right. Well, you're going to have to win with MVS or. You know, even Aaron Jones, who I think is an outstanding receiver, and Tunyon's touchdown production last year was otherworldly. It's not equitable distribution. It's not. And there is a still a drop-off here, of course. And in any team Devontae Adams is on, there's likely to be a drop-off between number one and number two. So the second most targeted receiver today was Aaron Jones. The third most targeted receiver today was A.J. Dillon, your top two running backs. So next up in targets was Randall Cobb, and then Mercedes Lewis, and Robert Tunyon, and Alan Lazard. They all had two. So it's not equitable distribution. Get a win, and that's okay, right? The Packers have won four in a row. But if somebody takes away Devontae Adams or controls him, do you have enough? Do you have enough where you can spread the wealth and still get the point production up near 30, which is roughly where the Packers live or have lived uh, in the last year plus? So it, it's certainly something to watch because I, I recall Devontae Adams going out a couple of years ago for a brief stretch, and the Packers' leading receiver without Adams on the field was Aaron Jones. And and he was being lined up like a wide receiver. And Jamal Williams was the running back in those situations oftentimes. So they've they've seen this movie before. They've been down this path before. You just, you'd like to have more threats. Or you'd just like to have the, the threat of somebody else absolutely lighting you up. And I think MVS gives you that deep threat, which is good. I, I think he's an important piece, given the speed that he brings to the table. Uh, Aaron's missed him a couple times this year, as he's noted. But right now, it's it's all wins, and that's good. But at some point, a team is going to find a way to take away Devontae Adams, or at least slow him down to the point where you've got to be able to, to hit on others for your point production. Not a problem today. He was a record setter today. 11 receptions, 206 yards. Pretty amazing performance by Adams, along of 59 in a 25-22 win in overtime over the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. One of many wild games today, as you might expect, week five of the NFL season. It got underway Thursday night. There was even a game in London this morning. There was football for breakfast. Let's get you caught up with a look around the league. Presented by Cousin Suds. We believe in better. Let's start in Minneapolis, shall we? The Vikings were taking on the winless Lions. Not a lot of point production in the first half. Just one touchdown, as a matter of fact. Madison to the right of Kirk. He goes back. No significant pass rush. Pass over the middle to Madison. Caught at the 10. Spins off the line at the 5. Runs to the 2. To the 1. Touchdown! Alexander Madison. Paul Allen with the call. K-Fan, the Minnesota Vikings radio network. The drama in this game built late in the fourth quarter where the Lions took a 17-16 lead. They got a touchdown and a two-point conversion. 37 seconds left. Vikings quickly moved into position for a 54-yard field goal attempt off the leg of Greg Joseph. That kick was good. The Vikings picked up a 17-16 win. You always love to see Hail Mary answered, right? Unless it's against your team. Out of the shotgun is Jameis. Takes the snap. Now he's going to run up the pocket, climbing. Now he's going to throw it deep into the end zone. It's going to be a jump ball. Marquez Callaway is there, and I think he's got it. It looks like Marquez Callaway came down with a jump ball. New Orleans Callaway. Touchdown. 
Mike Haas with the call. WWL Radio, the flagship station of the New Orleans Saints. One of four touchdown passes on the day for Jameis Winston, including that Hail Mary before the end of the half. Saints earn a victory 33-22 over the Washington football team. Well, the Steelers were embarrassed at Lambeau Field a week ago. Things are a little better today. Awaiting the shotgun snap. There it is. Third and seven. Throws it long down the right sideline. Claypool. No, Deontay Johnson has it. And he steps inside the five and into the end zone for the Steelers' touchdown. A 50-yard bomb. Roethlisberger to Johnson, the third-year man from Toledo. That was early in the first quarter. Bill Hargrove with the call. 102.5 WDVE and the Steelers radio network. Nice day for rookie running back Najee Harris. 122 yards and a score. Steelers improved to two and three with a 27 to 19 win elsewhere around the league all sorts of games happening right now some of the late games get you updated on those first bears over the raiders 14 to 3 317 left to go in the third quarter the chargers making a little comeback here it's 27 21 cleveland they are at the end of the third quarter in los angeles entertaining game in big d with the dallas cowboys leading the giants 17 13 two touchdowns passing for dak prescott as dallas looks to put more points on the board they are currently in the red zone Trey Lance with the start for the 49ers in Arizona against the undefeated Cardinals. Lance with about 50 yards rushing. He's passed for 54 yards. Cardinals on a 10-0 lead, 9-12 to go in the third quarter. Football for breakfast today in London. Falcons pick up a 27-20 win over the New York Jets. It was... The Steelers upending the Broncos 27-19 as we played that call for you. Big day for Tom Brady. 411 yards passing, five touchdown passes. Buccaneers roll the Dolphins 45-17. Eagles over the Panthers 21-18. Three touchdowns rushing for Derrick Henry. The Titans beat the Jaguars 37-19. And it was the Patriots over the Texans 25-22. Sunday night football should be a good one at Arrowhead with the Chiefs taking on the 3-1 and Bills. Monday night football features the Ravens and Colts from Baltimore. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Today's turning point of the game is presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Huber down on one knee, arm extended. High snap, placement made, kick by McPherson to the uprights, and it clangs off the left side, no good, no good! It appeared to clang off the left upright. Somebody put a plate of glass on these uprights and nobody can make a field goal! It's an amazing juxtaposition, the exasperation in Wayne Larravee's voice when Mason Crosby missed three field goals, all within the final two minutes of regulation and in overtime, as compared to, well, the other guy missing it over on Cincinnati's side. That was a 49-yarder. Missed in overtime. It set up the Packers' game-winning drive. It is today's turning point. And, dear driver, you're invited to save big on a new Toyota. Got to hurry, though. Visit Toyota.com for more information. Toyota. Let's go places. Uh, I don't recall ever seeing a game quite like this. Uh, just in all my years watching, covering, doing this program, I, the amount of kicks missed, game-winning opportunities, like it was just all there, really, for both teams to just snatch a victory and get out of Dodge. Packers ultimately able to hold on. You know, if the Packers don't win this game, yes, we always point to you know the obvious, the crunch time moments when things become a little more magnified. And certainly there were some crunch time moments in which the Packers did not execute, missed field goals and the like, red zone opportunities, as we talked about. But I am so happy 
that we have not talked. It's 523. We have been on for nearly an hour and a half. And I have hardly even mentioned a 70-yard touchdown on a defensive breakdown toward the end of the first half. That could have totally flipped this game. Like, like the Packers were cruising. This was a comfortable lead. The Bengals had six yards in the second quarter until the final minute of the, of the half. And it was a, a five-yard play and then a 70-yard heave. And Darnell Savage gambled and missed. And Jamar Chase, who was one heck of a receiver as a rookie from LSU, trotted into the end zone. And the Saints, I'm sorry, the Bengals had their double-up opportunity. Scoring a touchdown, getting into the half, making it a much tighter game than you may have thought if you watched, and then taking the ball in the second half. Like, I, that could have been absolutely major. That, that is a breakdown. Six defensive backs on the field. It's an obvious passing situation, and you give up a big one. As Chase got beyond the final level of the defense, getting beyond Darnell Savage, who... He went for the kill shot, I guess. He went to try and deflect the ball. I still don't know how he missed it. But nonetheless, the only bullet the Packers dodged there is that Joe Burrow threw an interception on the very first drive of the second half. It was picked off by Adrian Amos. Uh, and this was after a 28-yard a pass play, by the way. So the Bengals were in business approaching midfield when Amos picked off Joe Burrow. The Packers turned that into a field goal and, and kind of reversed momentum uh, the field goal made it 19-14, to but it was 16-14 at the half. And it should have been 16-7. Like, like that was a potentially catastrophic mistake. And, and the Packers didn't have many of those. And really, they haven't had many in the first few weeks. Uh, let's leave week one out there as an outlier. It's a pretty good defensive performance today. That is the black eye. That is a tarnished element on this game. Uh, you can't do it. Uh, but it did not cost the Packers today. That's one of those you watch in film study, you, dis- you discuss, you dissect, and thankfully you do it after a entertaining flight home. Let's uh, go to the locker room, shall we? Preston Smith, I-, I thought the whole defensive line had an outstanding game today. They collapsed the pocket, getting home with four at times. Preston Smith was involved in getting to Joe Burrow. He joins Larry McCarron in this locker room report. Preston, how's this one feel? And it feel real great, man. You know, we persevered through all the circumstances and everything that happened, and we went out there and kept fighting to the end. You ever been through a game like this one? Actually, yes. Uh, 2016 <laughs> against the Bengals in London. So, I mean, it, it ended up happening similar. A lot of missed field goals, great defense um, by both sides, and we ended in the top. But, you know, tonight was different. I ain't felt that feeling in a while, but I'm glad we, got, we all fought through it and guys persevered, and we came together and, and, and did what it took to get a win. The Bengal offense, lots of weapons, including the guy playing quarterback, but you guys got consistent rush on him, including a sack by yourself. What were the keys to that consistent rush? Uh, we just can't let him be comfortable in the pocket. We knew he could make a lot of good throws. Uh, he was a talented kid. He was taking number one overall. So, you know, for somebody to be that high, I mean, drafted that high, you have to be special. And um, he did a lot of great things for his team tonight, and we knew we had to, you know, apply pressure and not let him, you know, sit in the pocket and, you know, and get comfortable. Is this what you'd call fun, or is it relief when you get out of the thing with a victory? How do you take it going away? Uh, we're just talking about it in the locker room. You know, if it was easy, anybody could do it, and if it was easy, we wouldn't want to do it. So we're happy that you know we happy about the outcome. Uh, of course, we want cleaner wins, but hey, we all fought together and we and we came through and we made it happen. You know, it was fun. You know, for you know just the, the thrill, just the, the rush and the thrill we got to just go out there and you know finish the game and try to get a win. 
Preston Smith hanging out with Larry McCarron uh, in that locker room report. Fine game for Preston Smith. Affected the quarterback, collapsed the pocket as uh, the Packers defensive line had a solid push today against the Cincinnati Bengals. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We're back after this on the Packers Radio Network. Well, win or lose, a fresh haircut's always a great way to boost your mood, but it's even better when it's easy to get in and out of the salon. That's why customers love the Great Clips online check-in app. Easy in, easy out, easy great. Ben Rogers takes one step drop, lost left side, leap and grab, end zone, it's Devontae Adams, touchdown! Ball was scraped out by Trey Waynes, but the... uh, Possession and down was the receiver with possession before the ball was knocked loose. It's a touchdown, Green Bay. 11 receptions, 206 yards, and a touchdown for Devontae Adams. That uh, yardage total is a career high, believe it or not. It's the Great Clips' great player of the game today, Devontae Adams. Congratulations. Packers beat the Cincinnati Bengals 25-22 in overtime. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, 855-616-1620, if you'd like to join us. Let's talk to uh, Jonathan down in Louisiana. Thanks for holding, Jonathan. You're on Packers OT. Hey, how's it going? Um, I'm, to- I'm totally with you on uh, on uh, going forward. If, uh, if you make it, you can pretty much wait off all the clock to basically uh, win for a chance to win or tie. But um, the original, uh, the main point is... Uh, it seems like all of Mason Crosby's field goal misses were all to the left. I wonder if it's kind of gotten into his head, because if you remember last week, the blast field goal that was fortunately called offside, and then the week before that, they barely missed the field goal, or barely missed blocking the field goal that won the game against San Francisco. So I was wondering if, he, if that kind of has gotten into his head, and he kind of has to is wary of the right side of the blocking field goal uh, unit, and he kind of pushes it to the left because he's afraid of getting another one blocked. So I was just kind of wondering if that has anything to do with uh, with him missing all those uh, field goals. I think all of them were the last. Yeah, it's an interesting observation, uh, Jonathan. I appreciate it. I, I, don't, I, I can't say specifically, right? I'm not inside Mason Crosby's head. Uh, but it is worth noting that Crosby's 26 made field goal streak, that he, he was able to extend it to 26 today, well, that could have been stopped uh, against the San Francisco 49ers. I, I still don't know how that ball wasn't blocked. I still don't know. So there have been a couple of close calls with the protection unit uh, that he's been able to evade, thankfully. I, today, I, I mean, I can't ask. Uh, if I could ask Mason, I would. What, what did you see? What happened? Was it swirling? Uh, both kickers struggled at times. Uh, the, maybe the best field goal-looking field goal Mason hit was just a little bit wide on a 51-yarder. Uh, but all his other kicks sort of... I don't know, for lack of a better term, it, it looked like a like an eight iron being you know, drawn toward the green uh, on a round of golf. They all had the sort of same trajectory, same sort of bend, uh, and the ones he missed were, yeah, aside of one, it just way off. Uh, and the extra point was just not typically Mason's doing. He just doesn't miss many of those. Although interestingly enough, he had a twenty six, twenty six made field goals, twenty six straight. In that span, he missed five extra points. It, it, try and figure that out. I don't know. I don't pretend to understand how the kicking game works. I just know it was a struggle today. Absolutely. Doug and Baraboo joins us next in Packers no. OT. Greetings, Doug. Welcome to the show. 
Hey, thanks, Greg. Uh, I agree with you. I, I've been around a lot longer than you have, and I, I don't think I've ever seen uh, a game like this. But um, w- one thing I wanted to say, and I don't have anything technical to say, but I, wa- I just wanted to say, you know, obviously Crosby is not a robot, but he is a winner. And, uh, you know, hats off to him. Um, I wanted to go back and for the fans, because I know the Packer fans travel well, and I just wanted to go back to the games in Cincinnati in 98 and 2013, uh, of which I've been to both of those games. And what I remember in 98 when Holmgren was coaching, of course we won the game. I don't remember much about the game, but I remember Holmgren and his whole coaching staff, when during the warm-ups, they came out and they were watching the Bengals warm up. And maybe that's a, a normal thing, but I hadn't seen it before. They were not watching their players. They lined up on the 50-yard line, and they were facing uh, the Bengals. And then in, uh, at the end of the game, for the fans that were there back in, in 98, as soon as the, it was a beautiful day, and as soon as the game ended, thunderstorms, lightning, and downpours uh, started after that. In 2013, that's when uh, you know we we blew the game, so to speak, and we were up 30 to 14, and we lost. 30 to 34. Uh, but one of the things I remember, and again, this is nothing technical about the game, just kind of nostalgia stuff. But we uh, decided we were all going to go to the famous chili place on Sunday. And Doug, Doug, Doug I got to ask you, can, can you dial this in for me? I, I appreciate the nostalgia, but we got packed phone lines, man. Uh, Skyline yeah, Chili okay, gives okay. me gives yeah, me a stomachache. Anyway, chili place, chili place is closed on Sunday. Okay, wow, that's how we'll end it. Wow. Okay, I appreciate you, Doug. We just we're packed here, man. I just it's a thrilling win. I love me some chili, although I'm not a big Skyline guy. If I'm being perfectly honest, Whew. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Crowd in full throat. Everybody on their feet. Sixty-five thousand. Snap to Rodgers, looking downfield, waiting, lofts it over the middle, and he's got his man, Randall Cobb, close to the first down. He may have it. 31-yard line just outside the left hash marks. Wow, Randall Cobb. If they don't have it, they're inches away. So whatever it takes, play of the game, presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling, doing whatever it takes to keep your family comfortable. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Aaron Rodgers to Randall Cobb in overtime. The whatever it takes, play of the game. Now, I know it didn't really amount to a first down, but consider this. Consider the situation. Packers have already won field goal attempt missed in overtime. Same with the Bengals. Bengals also had a turnover in overtime, which usually spells doom when you talk about trying to win a game. Well, they almost were able to overcome that, but thankfully they did not. Here's the situation. First and 10 at the 41-yard line. The Packers go backwards. Second and 11. Aaron Rodgers is sacked for a six-yard loss. All of a sudden, it's third and 17. This ain't going well. And Aaron Rodgers finds Randall Cobb for 16 and a half yards to set up a fourth and inches. So I, it, it got the Packers back into a respectable field goal position to where a decision could be made. Because if you don't pick up 17 there, what do you do? Do you punt? I, let's say you pick up 10 yards. Are you going to trot out Crosby for you know, a 56-yarder? I, you probably do, right? I think if it's anything 58 or less, you, you'd probably take that shot. 
I, maybe you don't. I, I really don't know. But the fact that Matt Lafleur went for it on fourth, uh, excuse me, went for the field goal on fourth and inches instead of going for it, forty nine yards, leads me to believe he would have trusted Mason from fifty four yards and maybe even beyond. But it's third and seventeen. Like, like that is a disaster. That is a disaster field goal attempt. Like that, like that you're beyond sixty yards at that point. So to not only pick up positive yardage. But to get it to where you're now you're in breathing room, right? You just okay, this is attainable. That play, that strike from Aaron to Randall Cobb, which was not an easy catch, by the way, over the middle of the field. I just an incredibly tough play to make. And they made it. Now it didn't result in a first down, but it didn't have to. Packers were able to pull off the victory courtesy of Mason Crosby's forty nine yard game winner. Wow. An amazing play. In today's game, it cannot be lost what happened to set up Mason for that field goal opportunity. Let's go with Darren in Cedarburg on Packers OT. Hi, Darren. Hey, good evening. Great show. What a what a game. And, you know, like, I guess, what is it with Ohio? The last two times we played in Ohio, they've been overtime games. I mean, the previous one was uh, Brent Hundley against Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, you know, we almost handed Cleveland Browns their first win of the season. But, and, uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, one with, uh, Devontae Adams, uh, catch, uh, from, from Hunley. But, um, yeah, just an incredible game. The, the one thing I want to add is I got it. I like Coach LaFleur in that he, he was 100% behind, uh, Crosby. You know, he sent him out as the, the captain to, for the, uh, coin toss. And then it's like, Hey, we're either going to swim together or we're going to drown together. And, uh, I, I respect that. It kind of reminds me of Craig Council that he doesn't give up on a player. And, uh, yeah, I just, I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, if he wouldn't have made it, you know, it might have been something else, but, uh, there's such a history with him, you know, with Crosby. I thought it was pretty cool. He, you know, he, he put his confidence in him after missing all those field goals. Yeah. If I'm Mason, uh, th- this is why I love Coach LaFleur, right? So coach goes to the sideline and says, do you want it? And Mason says, yep. Decision was not made up for him. Like they, they talked, and good to go. Let's do it. I've, I've trust in you. I have faith in you to make this kick. Uh, Mason, you brought up the coin tosses. So Mason missed three field goals, and he, let's see, two coin tosses, including the one in overtime. He called tails both times, and it came up head. So which is <laughs> not a great day. But he gets to shrug his shoulders and say, well, <laughs> we still got the W, and the Packers have won four straight games. But my goodness. Never a dull moment, is there? Joe joins us next from Spooner. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Joe. Hey, Greg. Thanks for the call. Taking my call. Say, I'm on the Mason Crosby bandwagon myself. Uh, when that decision was to either go for it or put Mason in, I was all for putting Mason in. Uh, I was concerned with the Packers' running game there near the end when they kept going backwards. Aaron Rodgers, I think the number of times he's successfully quarterback sneak, you can count on one hand in a season. So going with Mason, who's incredibly tough mentally, uh, was the call. And I, I, I knew he'd make it. I, I had no no uh, thought that he wouldn't. I thought it was a great call by LaFleur. It's a tricky one, right? So I, I think if you're at fourth and two, then it, it maybe is a little easier decision. Kick that field goal, right? Just... Because of what you said about the running game, which I think is an excellent point, the Packers, that I had, as I had outlined, had gone backwards on several occasions uh, in the second half, especially the fourth quarter. So that was a little bit stuck in the mud. 
at fourth and inches, I, I noted with Gabe Nine, so we were sitting here talking about it. It's like, wow, Rodgers doesn't really sneak all that often. When was the last time he is a quarterback sneak to his register? I, today could have been the day. I, I felt like today was the opportunity because it was inches, not yards, not even a full yard, and you get to a you know, new lease on life, new set of downs. I, I'm saying to myself during that moment, you got to go for it. You got to go for it. Make it easier on your kicker who's been struggling. And thankfully, I was proven wrong. Happy to be wrong, as Matt LaFleur trusts his kicker to bang through a 49-yarder to win the game. Two game-winning kicks for Mason Crosby. Two of the Packers' four wins have uh, been the last second variety off of Mason's right foot and leg. Pretty impressive stuff. One of many wild games in the NFL today, as you might imagine. Boy, what weekend isn't crazy in the NFL? Let's take a look around the league, shall we? Presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Boy, big day for Tom Brady. 411 yards, five touchdown passes. He found Antonio Brown twice. Evans moves to the slot. Brady drops. Pressure coming. Gets the pass. Oh, caught ball. 50. Out of the front race to the 40. It's Antonio Brown to the 20. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Antonio Brown takes it to the north end zone. Fire the cannons. Greg, Greg Papa, Tim Ryan with the call. KNBR 680 San Francisco, the 49ers radio flagship. That was a uh, pretty impressive afternoon in Tampa Bay for Tom Brady. 411 yards, five touchdown pass. Just not slowing down here is uh, Tom Brady. Pretty impressive performance as the Buccaneers avenge a loss from uh, about a week ago. They rebound in rather impressive fashion. 45-17 the final as Tampa Bay gets the victory. I should say Gene Deckerhoff with the call there on the Buccaneers radio network. In Jacksonville, yeah, let's stay in Florida, shall we? It's the winless Jaguars taking on the Titans, and this guy is running all over the league. Tannehill gets the Titans on the ball, gives Henry at right guard to the five, to the end zone. He lost the ball as he got into the end zone, but that doesn't count. The play is dead. (laughs) Touchdown, Titan, Derek Henry. Yeah, he did that three times today. 130 yards rushing, three scores for Derrick Henry. Mike Keith with the call, Titans Radio WGFX. 37-19, the Titans hammer the Jaguars. A fine day for Jameis Winston, who looked like a week one Jameis Winston today against the Washington football team. 37 from the 28, back to pass is Jameis. He's looking deep, he's got Deontay wide open. Deontay Harris makes the catch. He's going to 5, 10. See you later, bye, Deontay Harris. Touchdown, no flags on the play. 72 yards. Impressive performance in week one against the Packers. Another impressive performance for Jameis Winston this afternoon. One of four touchdown passes for Winston. Mike Hoss with the call, WWL flagship station for the New Orleans Saints. Elsewhere around the league in the NFC North Division, the Lions looked like they had a last-second win over the Minnesota Vikings, scoring a touchdown and converting a two-point conversion with 37 seconds left. That proved to be too much time. The Vikings moved into position, and a 54-yard field goal went through the uprights to give Minnesota a 19-17 win over Detroit. Lions now 0-5 on the season. The Vikings are 2-3. and Steelers over the Broncos, 27-19. It was the Eagles, 21-18 over the Panthers. Two rushing touchdowns for Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. Patriots edge the Texans, 25 25- 
to 22. Football for breakfast in London. It was the Falcons over the Jets, 27-20. to 20. Some of the late games get you caught up on what's going on in Vegas with the Bears leading the Raiders, 14-9. to 9. It's the Browns and Chargers billed as the game of the day. They are deadlocked at 35 with seven and a half minutes left to go on a wild day in Los Angeles. Mike Williams, eight for 165 and two receiving touchdowns as this game is uh, maybe whoever has the ball last. Cowboys over the Giants, 27-13. They are in the fourth quarter. Cardinals lead Trey Lance and the 49ers by a score of 10-7. Coming up later tonight, you'll want to tune in. It's Sunday Night Football featuring the Chiefs and Bills from Arrowhead. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Crosby for the win. Snap and placement. Here's the kick. It is up. It is good. Mason Crosby got it done. Fourth time a charm. Fourth time a charm for Mason Crosby. And the Packers win it in overtime. 25 to 22. Just an unbelievable finish to a crazy game in Cincinnati. Five missed field goals in the final two minutes of regulation and, what, about eight minutes of overtime? I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that. Both teams had their opportunities, not only in regulation, but in the overtime session, to lock in a win and just credit the Packers for doing just enough to walk out of Cincinnati, a place they had not won since 1998, by the way, and picking up a 25-22 win. Just not easy to win there. I don't know what it is. It's just the Bengals have not always been great as the Packers have gone to Cincinnati to play games, but it's been a, a headache getting out of there with a win since the 90s. That was a long time ago. That was hammer time in 1998. You kidding me? Here we are in 2021. Packers finally emerging with a win in the Queen City, 25-22, the final. So a satisfying flight home here for the Packers after a hard-earned win I do think it's worth recapping who was in and who was not in for today's game. No David Bakhtiari, no Elton Jenkins, though it looks like he is getting closer to a return. No Josh Myers, who had been playing through a, a bizarre finger injury and just unable to go. Team doctor is saying, we've got to put an end to this. We're not sure exactly how long he'll be out. So three offensive linemen. You had to go to a backup center in Lucas Patrick. Now, he's played center before, but nonetheless, he's not the starter. Without Jenkins, you're, you're still riding Josh Nyman, a third-string tackle, out at left tackle against a, a decent decent defense here in Cincinnati. And who else did it? John Runyon was on the field. Like It's just the assortment of bodies keeps rotating here, but the Packers keep finding ways to win. It's not because of gaudy stats running the football. They just get it done. Quick passing attack. They incorporated the deep ball in one of these wins, and today was a, a little bit more underneath, but... You had the big pass play to Devontae Adams. You had a big run by Aaron Jones, field-flipping plays. They happened today, and they were necessary. Uh, So without all those guys on offense, I'm not even mentioning MVS, your deep threat. And then if you want to go to the defense, no Jair Alexander, no Vernon Scott. Kevin King was lost uh, for a moment during this game as well. Devondre Campbell was out for a minute but came back in. So they just keep weathering the storm here, the Green Bay Packers, and... It's pretty impressive to watch. One of the players who stepped into a starring role today, Lucas Patrick, your starting center in place of Josh Myers. He's standing by with Larry McCarron in our final locker room report. Lucas, what's the feeling after a game like that? I've been doing this stuff a long time. I don't think I've ever seen a game like that. What was it like to be in it? 
Um, man, that's that's a game that you can learn a lot from about the character of your team. I think that's the best thing to take away. We'll fix the mistakes. We'll celebrate the good plays, but um, you you can't put a word or, or a numeric number or anything on that type of character it takes to win that game. For us to stick together, trust the defense, trust the offense, trust Mason to just come through like he always does. And um, just so proud of everybody in that locker room who puts a G on, whether it's a shirt, a hat, or a helmet. Dave, everyone came to work today. How about you personally getting back in the saddle at the all-important pivot position? You're looking forward to that beforehand? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was definitely a challenge. I knew it was coming in this week. Um, they got a good defense. You know, a lot of respect to what the guys they have up front. I think D.J. Reader's a good player. They, they, they're they very gap sound. But, um, yeah, it was fun to get back out there and celebrate with the teammates on the touchdowns and just have fun with my guys. What was it like when you see potential game winners go awry and then you get another one? And what was it like when you're lining up for what it turned out to be the game winner? Yeah, there's, there was no doubt the whole time. Um, the relationship I've built with Mason both on and off the field, uh, the character and the man he is, um, I knew if we, kept, if we kept putting ourselves in a chance, he would eventually come through. That's just who he is. Uh, it's a person he is, it's a man he is, and um, I have so much respect for him to even step up to that last one and bang it through because that was not an easy kick. Um, so a lot of credit goes to him for clearing his brain, refocusing, and, and hitting that last kick. Some of the numbers from today's game, Aaron Rodgers, 27 of 39, 344 yards, had two touchdowns, one interception. That came early in the game. Rodgers was sacked two times, his quarterback rating 100 and three. Aaron Jones, the lead rusher of the game, 14 carries, 103 yards. That was lifted from a 57-yard run uh, in the second half that really helped the Packers' run total uh, inflate a little bit. So 133 yards total on the ground. It was not a great day running the football, but hey, you pop one big one, it inflates your numbers. Who cares? It's on the bottom line here. Jones averaging 7.4 a tote. A.J. Dillon, 8 carries for 30 yards. Devontae Adams, a career day for Adams in terms of yardage. 206 on 11 receptions and a touchdown along of 59. And the pass distribution, several other players caught balls today. A.J. Dillon, Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, Ellen Lazard, Aaron Jones, even Kylan Hill. However, I find it interesting, A.J. Dillon was the second, I'm sorry, Aaron Jones, the second most targeted receiver today with five, followed by A.J. Dillon at four. So uh, they're missing MVS, I think, especially in that deep passing attack. So 344 yards for the Packers through the air, 133 on the ground. Couple turnovers as well, interceptions by Adrian Amos and Devondre Campbell. Next up for the Packers, a road trip to Chicago to face the Bears, who are currently leading the Las Vegas Raiders 17 9 with about two and a half minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Packers carry a four game winning streak into week six. Wow, we are out of time in the program. Want to thank Ashton Rotman, the executive producer of the Packers Radio Network, coordinating producer Greg Hill for their work. And thank you for being a part of our program each and every week. We will talk to you again next week, a week from today, as the Packers take on the Chicago Bears. Have a great night. You've been listening to the Packers Radio Network.